You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stainfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. Well, now that we're back in the swing of things, uh... Oh, it feels so good. It still feels so good. It does. Uh, how was everybody's weekend? Oh, you know. You know. Just same weakening. Shit. <laughs> weakening? <laughs> Getting Wait, weaker. Me. That's that, me. <laughs> that definitely did not come across the way I, uh... Same shit, different day, you know? I'm going to. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Um, Same turning my Nintendo Switch on and off over and over again in the hope that I'll see a Pokemon that's a slightly different color than it was before, you know? I understand. I pretty much spent the weekend, well, finishing my, finishing compiling my research and also painting minis. And I have spent my weekend taking more photos of the stars. Astrophotography. And the moon. And And the the moon. moon. Yes. Stars and the moon. Getting uh, pretty good at it, if I do say so myself. You really are. And the sun? No. No, I don't have the proper equipment for that. They do make stuff, but it's expensive and I'm just not going to do that right now. Oh, see, you know, I said that as a joke because it's like... Don't look at the sun. Well, no, and it's like a nighttime hobby, uh, yeah, you know? Yeah. Oh. So it's like you you, you literally yeah. can't. Except I guess people do. So Yeah, they do actually have uh stuff for you to be able to take pictures of the sun and catch like solar flares and Oh, that's fun. But um good for now on that. Well, I'd say we're all pretty passionate about that stuff. Yeah. Well, we're all on our bullshit over here at Dungeonpedia Incorporated. We're not a corporation. Well, yeah. What we're going to talk about today has zero passions. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Is it? Are we going back to Nirvana? No. What's going on? No. <laughs> zero uh, passions. Last week, I made a joke about not knowing what I was going to research. Are we, gonna, are we talking about Jedi? No. Okay. No. 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 This week, and then I remembered. I uh, I already had. I've been working on my Yugloths off and on for like the entire hiatus. So I come back in, refresh my knowledge of it, and so without further ado, we proceed to our final group of Infernals, the Yugoloths. The Yugoloths. Gesundheit? No. (laughs) Okay, so the Yugoloths are the neutral evil fiends. Ooh. Uh, They come from either Gehenna or the Grey Wastes of Hades, depending on the source material. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like we we mentioned. Yeah. They're also called Loths for short, or sometimes Daemons, which is an ancient archaic a uh, Greek word for demons and devils and the like. No, I'm pretty sure that's an animal friend that you have that's like part of your soul. This and it, oh, no. Isn't his dark materials. Damn it. Sorry. Daemons? Daemons, spelled D-A-E-M-O-N-S. Hmm. It's just kind of an ancient Greek. It's an archaic word that basically right. means the same thing. Interesting, cool. though. Yeah. Uh, so Yugoloths are widely accepted as the most evil of fiends. Oh, really? 
That's all they are. Evil. Yeah, true. Fair enough. They don't revel in chaos. They're not bound by law. They're just evil. Dang. They're it's- just strictly evil. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. Yugoloths are an especially interesting infernal race. I did not think I was going to be as intrigued by them as I am. That's famous last words here at Dungeonpedia. <laughs> uh, y- you know the phrase, evil is only a matter of perspective? Yes. yes. Yugoloths exemplify that. Mm-hmm. Yugoloths okay. as a race are obsessed with achieving perfection. Hmm. Without the shackles and permissions associated with law and chaos, their field of... Fr- they feel free to pursue their definition of perfection without any distractions. Their okay. definition of perfection, of course, is to rise above all emotions, to be completely dispassionate and unfeeling, operating with cold logic, to manipulate everyone around them to fit their <laughs> desires. Dang. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Because I, I feel like, like, I get it. I get it, but... I, I do feel like the kind of image of like dispassionate, manipulative feels kind of lawful. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it, they they're not bound by law. They they just do whatever is the most effective. So if breaking yeah. the law is the most effective, if following the law is the most effective, it then, doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what they're huh. gonna do. Interesting. So on a societal level, this uh, kind of translates to well, Yugoloth histories saying that they manipulated the blood war between the demons and devils into being. <laughs> nice. And that they might have created the Oberth demons and the original Baetorian devils, the, one that, Holy the ones sh- that they killed. Holy shit. Yeah. Jesus. On a cosmological level, they want all the planes to be like theirs, full of emotionless, manipulative, cruel beings who are puppet masters for the lesser folk into serving their needs. Well, aren't they just nice yeah. They're just sharing their perfection of the world. Oh, shit. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Or their twisted view of perfection. Yeah. It's, well, a, it's a good thing that nobody thinks like that in real life. Mm, mm. I don't think too much on that. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, in this pursuit of making everyone like them, Yugoloths aren't made from the deceased souls of evil like the other types of infernals. Mm-hmm. They just kind of want to expand their philosophical influence like that. They're also not just spanning from the primordial chaos like other infernals. Mm-hmm. So lesser eugoloths reproduce hermaphroditically, one doing the fertilizing and one carrying the young. Cool. Well, love it. Greater eugoloths reproduce asexually. Cool. Also love it. Just kind of fertilizing themselves. So like the <laughs> Do more they like- powerful they are. The- they don't need to fuck. They're they're above. They're above. They're fucking. above. That's sexual they're desire. They're above passions. That's bizarre. I do mean, they, please tell me: is there is, is is does does it go into detail about how they reproduce asexually? Please tell me it does. Uh, please tell me they bud. I, I don't believe they bud. I I want them to bud. I believe it is a form of self fertilization. Aww. I mean, I mean, they have to fertilize when they're lesser. Why would that not translate into when they're greater as well? I mean, to be fair, like with with a lot of these like infernal evil beings, a lot of the bets are off. Kind of that's true. And yeah, boy, howdy. Well, because like the the Obereths were like a completely different 
sort of thing than the Tanaris. Yeah, the they operates they operated on different rules. Basically you know? just came from the chaos and then the Tanari the Tanari from from Sin souls. and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I mean maybe greater Yugoloths operate on a di- I want them to bud. I'm sorry. <laughs> none of them bud. I just want a tiny I'm little going to none crush of them your bud. dreams. <laughs> I just want a, a little a, a big old demon with a tiny version of himself just growing out of his shoulder. It's I like, hey I promise you, if I find anything that in D D that buds, I'll do an episode for you. Thanks. <laughs> Other than uh, I mushrooms, love, because I'm pretty sure they they did. I love I love budding. Yeah. It's my favorite form of asexual reproduction. Unfortunately, this is just auto fertilization. Anyways, whatever. Uh, so they're also capable of producing half fiends and tieflings. Oh, cool! Great. Why not? Yeah. That being said, reproduction was generally was generally pretty greatly regulated, so as not to fill their ranks with inexperienced young and unsure that the populace achieved perfection. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure, unless it was for a greater purpose to fuel evil, half-fiends and tieflings would be locked down upon as spawning. Because, like, yeah. why would you do that? Unless it's to fulfill your greater need to do something perfect- perfection. Right. Yeah. Their whole greater need nonsense. Yes. Um, like most Infernals, they exclusively ate meat, preferably the living or recently living kind. Dang. Like it fresh. And supposedly, the lesser Yugoloths enjoyed the taste of fear. Greater Yugoloths were above such things, or so they said. So, the greater ones eat meat. Lesser ones eat fear. Well, they eat meat, but the fear they were The fear afraid. is flavoring. Yes. Uh, okay, right, right, right. They have to, like... So, the... Kill soak, them. They have they, to soak up fear before... Yeah. Yeah. So, the... the marinate. The gra- there we go. Yeah, marinate. So the greater the greater Yugoloths had to eat something that was like chill about dying. Yeah, or like they just didn't care how, what it tasted like. Oh, as long yeah, as it okay. was fresh. Yeah, pretty much. They could even eat rotted meat, but they preferred that fresh. Well, you'd think at that point they would have risen above having personal preferences, but you know they're po- not perfect. Pobody's nerfect. <laughs> Pobody's nerfect title mm. of this episode. <laughs> oh God. Well, so. <laughs> Yugoloths actually had personal lives, which is really odd for Infernals. Mm. Uh, Okay. So they were frequently required to put them aside for the societal focus of enhancing evil. I'm sorry, perfection. And at the demands of their superiors, obviously. Obviously. Okay. Uh, The structure appears to be somewhat feudal and heavily outlined, but it's not stable. Uh, (laughs) Scheming and manipulation to one's ends were literally a way of life and not simply just accepted, but embraced. Dang. Yugoloths were split into castes and... Oh, great. Love it. Love a good cast. I mean, just two. Lesser and greater, based on their physical and mental journey through evil. I'm sorry, perfection. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, Uh, you slipped up there. uh, Yeah, my bad. Yeah. At, At the center of Yugoloth culture it was their ability to be cunning and the society revered it and those who exemplified it fair fair enough so instead of like with the devils where their society per- exemplified law and structure structure and subjugation and demons where their society exemplified chaos and, and destruction might makes right kind yes of. that sort of thing they just if you could Figure a w- way out to get it, and you deserved it. That's how you thoughts felt. 
Okay. I mean, that's... Not necessarily might makes right, but brain makes right. <laughs> yeah, just like, if you can get it, it's yours, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these accounts come from either uh, the Planescapes, Faces of Evil, The Fiends, or the 5th edition uh, Monster Manual, or, um, oh shoot, there was a, there was a third one. Uh, Monsters Compendium, The Outer Planes. But, like, there's other stuff sprinkled in here, but most of this information is going to come from those three. Got it. Uh, on the Faces <coughs> of Evil the Fiends, it's written as kind of a guidebook full of firsthand accounts of dealing with Infernals. Oh, nice. It is, it's really nice. I, Choice. I, I highly recommend it. I've used it for this entire series, but I want to read this quote directly from it. It really nails the Ewoks. How do they become so devious, so callous? Imagine, dear reader, that your closest friend... The being that you trust most in the entire world is suddenly revealed to have been molding you to his needs and his goals all along. How do you react? With shock and dismay, certainly. With self-loathing for letting yourself be fooled. And you resolve not to let the same mistake be made again the next time you choose to befriend. But it happens again and again, over and over, until you become untrusting, using others to see if they have the integrity to treat you as you deserve. By then, of course, you can clearly see how much smarter you are than everyone else, how you can manipulate others to your ends, and then you discover, once again, that you've been molded. The evolution continues. Though you see the pattern, indeed, though you you set the pattern all around you, you come to realize that there's something greater. You feel no passion for your inferiors. They can and should be nothing but your unwitting pawns. Now you look to control the thing that controls you. So it is with the Yugoloths. Hmm. Dang. Jesus. That's, um, yeah, that's evocative. Yeah. That's for sure. And again, I love books that are written like that. Mm-hmm. Like, with all the lore in it just written. As first-hand accounts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, first-hand Planescape accounts. was really good at that. Honestly, like, for all the shit I give Planescape sometimes and, like, the yeah. fact that sometimes people needed to go through and, like. What they lack in spelling. What they lack in spelling. It is Sorry. It's beautiful, and <laughs> yeah. so many of the books are written as first-hand accounts. The verbiage. Mwah. Chef's kiss. It, it's something that I have not seen very much in tabletop gaming, and I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So let's just jump right into the different Yugoloth types. So as I mentioned, Yugoloths were split into two castes, lesser and greater. Mm-hmm. Lesser Yugoloths reproduce, uh, reproduce hermaphroditically, and no matter what rank within the caste, they are always born as the lowest rank. Cool. Mesoloths. Mesoloth? Yes. Okay. Just making sure I heard, heard that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So mesoloths are seven foot tall, dark, humanoid insect looking assholes weighing about 250 pounds with a dense exoskeleton. Cool. Okay. They have four arms with sharp claws and glowing red eyes. They, yes. They kind of serve as. Foot soldiers once they reach adulthood. I love how that's like the bottom of their ladder. And it's still like this strong ass seven foot tall insect motherfucker. (laughs) They also have toxic fumes that they can exhale. Holy shit. Magic resistance, resistance to cold, fire, lightning, and immunity from acid and poison. (sighs) Thankfully, Mesoloths were simplistic beings driven by the core principles of violence and reward. Cool. Okay. So there's the there's the weakness there. They're not necessarily very smart. No. 
Got it. I can't remember exactly what their intelligence stat is, but it's not good. It's uh, it's pretty low there. Yeah. It's going to dip down into the, like, twos. Actually, yeah. I kind of have it open in the other Okay, tab. maybe not two. Yeah, I don't... It doesn't sound like they would uh, go that Seven. Low. Seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm still... I don't know. They're intelligent beings, but they're not intelligent beings. Yeah, right. I getcha. I don't know why my brain just immediately went, like, they're dumb as hell, too. <laughs> That's a that, yeah, I was gonna say that's very low. That's almost that's lower than some demons. That's lower yeah. than that's lower than the Tarask, I think. Mm, maybe. I think the Tarask got a three. <laughs> so So yeah. And they're not that dumb. They are demons, so yeah. yeah. Seven. So from there, Yugoloths go through a process of purification. Obviously only the strong and perfection seeking need apply. Once the Mesoloth is ready, and once the superiors think that they're ready. They begin the process of physically stripping away the Yugoloth's living shell. Cool. Just I was just saying, I, I knew something was going to happen with that exoskeleton. Jesus. Like they were going to molt or something. Releasing but. it until its new form rises. Yes. Rinse and repeat for every promotion. It's not just the ones with exoskeletons. Oh, great. Yeah. I Great. Love that. Um, the first-hand account in that book, by the way, said that this was such a horrifying sight to see that they still have nightmares from it. Just FYI. Great. So, wow. Ugh. Next up is the Durgaloth, which is another insect-like base, but with this confusing tripod leg setup with a barrel chest and five arms with clawed hands. Oh yeah, and it could rapidly swivel in any direction, a full three hundred and sixty degrees. <laughs> it's, a, just, it's a helicopter. It's a helicopter. <laughs> with just five arms. Just give him a little poncho, and he'd be a helicopter. That- what the hell? That sounds like that sounds like something that I made in Spore when I was young. Remember Spore, guys? I do uh, remember Spore. I played it not I played, too long ago. I I played a lot of Spore. It's bad, y'all. That sounds bad. They were kind of mantis-like in appearance in their face with like multi- mottled green coloring and red bug eyes. Mm-hmm. But Durgaloths not only looked stupid, they were stupid. 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 And stubborn, only fighting when compelled to by a more powerful being or promised the chance to slaughter in the near future. Dang. They were incredibly sadistic and laughed maniacally when they uh, spilled blood. Cool. Did they get more stupid from their previous? I was going to say, like, it almost sounds like their evolution... Dipped a little bit? Dipped a little, yeah. They kind of, like, went down just a wee bit. And honestly, um... No, we just don't understand their grand vision, Travis. Yes. Ah, right. Yes. Of course. Uh, no, their intelligence was actually the same. Oh, okay. Uh, an intelligence of seven. Uh, but they got better at fighting. Oh, okay. And they they weren't as driven by f- to fight. Mm-hmm. So... Got it. A little bit wiser, I suppose. <laughs> Not necessarily any smarter, but like... A little bit wiser. Or more stubborn, it sounds. So, again, repeat. Yeah. Repeat the process of promotion and Rip, purification. Uh, yep. Well, you mean ripping off the... Whole the, body? Yeah, okay. One by Got one. it. Piece by piece. Just wanted to make yeah, sure that. we're on the same page And then here. from the ashes or pieces of exoskeleton rises the Piscoloth, which <laughs> appears to be just like a mishmash of marine <laughs> creatures. <laughs> Travis and I are mature adults. Yeah, I couldn't. Okay, help it. I get it. I get it because it's like it's like pie sign, like a fish. Mm-hmm. Is but, but like piss. 
Magnificent. <laughs> so it's a mismatch of marine creatures. Marine creatures. It's so it's only like five feet tall, but it has these horrible mouth tentacles. I like Davy Jones. Huge fat and oh no, nope. huge faceted eyes that bulge out of their heads on the side. You know, kind of like shrimp. And, oh, fun. Uh, they had red or purple chitinous bo- bodies like lobsters. Cool. Uh, yeah. Huge pincers on their humanoid arms and long fishy tails. And, you know, I, huh. can, I can. This sounds like one of Davy Jones's crew. It does. I can dig it. Yeah. You, you, I, I feel like you'd like. It things. also kind of sounds I, like what Pokemon did with the fossil Pokemon and yeah. Sword and Shield. Oh yeah, they're just a little miss. They're, it's like if Barbarical was a fossil. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Oh man, I like them. I mean, I do like them just because they have piss in their name. Unfortunately, they're not in five E, but they are in four E. Um, I yeah. mean, who even plays four E? Well, I mean, it probably. I mean, it it really it would probably not be the hardest thing in the world to adapt them. Let's be real. With well, ourselves. yeah. Mostly, I was saying that so I could tell you that their four fourth edition art is very good, top tier. Oh, swag. Anyways, a lot of the art in fourth edition is really good. I know I've said that before, but that is one area I feel like fourth edition shines is the art. Yeah, that's probably the only area it shines. So they were capable of injecting a lethal paralytic venom uh, into their victims, and don't like that. Whole host of magical abilities like blink, see invisibility, and phantasmal killer. Oh shit! Jesus! Oh, that's fun. One of these things is not like like the the other. other. Piscolots were not only sadistic bullies, but also slavering psychophants, tyrannically lording over those beneath them. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Yeah, okay, they fair. They were also pretty easy to bribe and I wonder, eager to betray. Nice. I wonder if they could see a lot of colors like shrimp do. Because I'm assuming that the sea invisibility is maybe like a nod to... It could be. They're like like mantis shrimp kind of. I'll be honest. I kind of just took took some of my favorites for each thing and talk, to talk about because they have a lot of abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense, especially given how they sort of yeah. advance, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, <clears throat> the uh, bottom rung had all those like resistances and abilities and stuff. So you're going to have to start doing crazy stuff when you move up, you know? Pretty much. So next up is the Hydraloth, also known to me as the Daemon Toad of my Nightmares. Cool. It's just a giant spiky toad daemon covered in mucus with angry yellow toad eyes and weird guiding flaps to help it glide through water and air. Cool. Okay. This motherfucker could fly. It's a, it's okay. a, it's a flying spiky toad. Um, can you spell that for me? Because I have to see a picture of this now. H y d r o l o t h. Hydroloth. See, you said Google that. Google at your own safety, please. I, I would. I know the saying is risk, but don't do it when it's risky. Just Google when it's safe. That, I mean, yeah, that's a spiky toad with flap flaps. Flaps. <laughs> it's Grandpa Flaps. It's a it's a it's a relative of the the manta ray instead of a sea flap flap. It's a, a hell flap flap. It's a hell, it's a hell flap, flap, flap flap. Yes, it's a hell flap flap. Um, so hydroloths have yeah. transitioned from you know pe- offers of power swaying them. Now they want information and trading goods, and they love to come up with schemes to h- promote themselves to higher wealth and power. Oh, okay. So they're pretty much the do whatever I can, however I can, to get very, promoted. Yeah, pretty very much. underhanded about it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean they're kinda they're kinda gross, but they're not bad. 
I don't think it's any worse than the propeller a few a few uh, uh, rungs down. Yeah. yeah. See, and, but you said you, I made a face. You you couldn't see it, but Taylor saw it. I made a face when you said Hydra because I thought we were going to go in like a Greek Hydra no. direction. And then it's hydro. like Hydro. Hydro. Yeah. And then it's like, no, it's just an angry frog. It's just an angry toad, dude. So next up, we have the Yagnoloths. And Yagnoloths were, okay, a lot of these things were weird, but these were really weird. They are 10 to 15 foot tall humanoids covered in red scales with hilariously small skeletal heads. Faces described in D&D as simply being ugly and large ears that look like bat wings. <laughs> they're, they're quite a treat to observe. It, oh, God. Okay, I am not doing great at spelling today for whatever reason. Uh, Y-A-G-N-O. L O T H. Okay. They they came up when I googled the um the hydroloths. One of them mm-hmm. came up and I was like, is this a weird version where they tried to make this this demonic creature? Are you but talking like, about that one? Yeah, but like a a sexy dude. Okay, well, hold on before you keep talking. Let me get, oh, finish. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. They were uneven with relatively proportioned right a relatively proportioned right arm and a massive monstrously oversized left arm. Go ahead and make your jokes here. Dang it, I was going to make a joke, and then you... <sighs> now I don't want to. Um, well, it's clearly a lefty. <laughs> Thank you. Go. Thank you, Travis. I'm sorry that I have in my notes that I need to get through. Sorry. It's yeah, okay. how dare you? <laughs> Stop go ahead, jumping ahead. Make- uh, Travis made my joke for me. Okay. He was just a little less uh, less crude about it. Well, go, go ahead, make your joke. Oh. <laughs> I said jokes, plural. <laughs> You, you know which hand they used to jack off. <laughs> That's all go. I was going to say. Travis was classier about it. Uh, so they sometimes wore a cape to disguise either of their arms, depending on which one they were more ashamed of. What? <coughs> Just depended on the Yagnaloth. So they would <laughs> they're either, hide an arm? They're either, they, like, yeah. they wanted to disguise their big arm for some reason, or they're ashamed of their little arm. <laughs> What's funny is like either one looks okay. One is a little one the height side's a little ape like. The other one just like it looks like pretty like normal, but like when you have them both, it just looks like he has a baby arm. <laughs> it's so fucking weird though. Like um, it, Yeah, oh it's God. great. Also, I love the little like book that it has hanging in front of its genitals. Yeah, in the picture, like yeah. good loincloth. Oh, how did how did the left arm get so big? If if that book can hide it, it doesn't need to be that big. Oh, there we go. Oh, Bravo. maybe. Oh, oh well, you know they're they're like hermaphroditic, so maybe they just have like a little cloaca set up. Maybe that's why. It's just, like, up in there. Anyway. Oh, I forgot that they were her You forgot yeah. yeah. So, uh, Yagnoloths were corrupt and selfish and constantly abused their positions of authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to their size and power, they also have an ability to drain life force to the point of potentially killing opponents. Dang. What? How did they do that? By, like, touching them or um, a it magics? Was, it's kind of like a... Um, yeah, it's a touching on their head to incapacitate, and then they could sap the vitality. Cool. Love that. Interesting, I Love though, that. Like, I mean, I hate that. I mean, they I also hate it, but it's also kind of interesting. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm the weird one here. I mean, you're the DM. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if they have different reach with each of their arms. <laughs> Almost certainly. <laughs> like they have a ten foot reach with their left arm, and then a right foot reach with their a right foot or, reach. Wow. With their five arm. <laughs> with their five arm, they have a five foot reach with their uh, right arm. Was it? Were they all like that? Like yeah. with the left arm, and then yeah. the, it wasn't like no. It's not just one's preference. Oh, okay. It's not. It's not actually like their laterality. Yeah, they're just kind of that way. Got it. Um, they were also incredibly indulgent and slothful. We know. Attempting to <laughs> avoid any form of work for as long as possible. Big mood. While reaping the rewards of those beneath them. So they were also capable of being incredibly cunning. Yeah. This is kind of where it starts to ramp up. Really, the, the emphasis on the cunning, the underhandedness. Yeah. Underhandedness. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I knew this This was... I'm coughing because I legitimately almost did a spit tank earlier. Well, whoever gets to take home that arm during the purification process must be uh, really happy. Oh, yeah. That could feed a whole family. Uh, so the- Oh, do they eat each other? Oh, I don't think so, but I don't know. I hope they I hope they do. Actually, that feels like a weird thing to say. More but. on that later. Oh, yay. So actually, I don't want to touch on this too much because it doesn't directly relate to um, specifically the Yugoloths, but there is a thing in the Planescape that um, basically says that the only way to truly ever kill any fiendish creature is to... Basically consume them. Cool. Specifically for them to be consumed by another fiendish creature. So if you ever really want to get rid of somebody. Feed it to a fiend? Yeah. That, well, hmm. And then at the end, they're just like. Okay. You'd have one fiend left and they're just like the, the fiend. Okay. Because they ate everybody else. Does it end up being like. A stray where you feed it once and then it just kind of continues to come back. <laughs> oh, God. Because if that ends up being the case, I think I will pass. I cannot take care of a fiend. Yeah. Oh, that's how they... I am not That's how qualified. they could get you, is they could make, like, a fiend that looks like a cute little stray dog. That's how they would get me. That's... Yeah, same. And not, then you just not keep... Not any of the seductive ones. Not the ones that offer me power. Oh, I mean, the seductive ones could get me, too. But the puppy would really get the me. puppy. All right. But the puppy. So the final of the lesser Yugoloths is the Marinoloths, and they were in charge of piloting the boats that sailed the river sticks. <gasps> Ooh. They appeared as pale, skeletal, and stood about five feet and wore rotted, hooded robes. Their eyes glowed red. They were very much Caron uh, of Greek mythos lore vibe. Yeah. Going on there. Well, Caron wasn't like a bad guy. No, but the oh, okay. appearance specifically. Got it. Uh, I said, that's why I said vibes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Got them vibes going. They had mostly risen. Oh, man, of, impeccable vibes. They had risen above, like, most emotions and had a very neutral outlook, except for when they were angered. Mood. What um, happened when they were angered? Well, their eyes know. would glow even brighter red, and they would get very angry and kill you. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Basically, they <laughs> don't have emotions except for rage. That's neat. So they did not excel in combat, other than occasionally raging. Mm. Um, but they could supernaturally possess any ship and could command and summon <laughs> other lesser Yugoloths. <laughs> yeah, they can command and possess any possess. ship. Okay, possess. Okay, the, the possessing thing, I'm like, wait. 
basically boat boat demons boat ghosts they boat ghosts it's not like they would get inside the ship but they could control the ship and the winds around it ah i'm sorry boat ghost. still pretty cool though i mean like i mean boat ghost boat ghost yes <laughs> boat ghost well with the boat ghost we're gonna take a real quick break hey let's uh steer away from this topic of conversation oh, that would have been so good god damn it sorry no, it's okay. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our Yugoloth episode. It's a... Uh, boat, ghost, boat, ghost. Boat, ghost, yes. Our boat, ghost episode. No. <laughs> that would be a really cool episode, though. Um, we have not words, that's for sure. Uh, we are still doing our affiliate our affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games. Thank you, Metallic Dice Games. Uh, we did our little giveaway a couple months back. And yeah. now we are just obsessed with the, the dice from Metallic Dice Games. I've had to stop everyone at this table multiple times from buying everything. Or trying to steal. The, or trying to steal giveaway dice. The giveaway dice. <laughs> oh. But you can check out all of your dice needs there. They got dice. They got more dice. They, they got, got dice trays. They got dice rollers. Dice bags. Seriously, though, they have... Sharp dice. They have shark dice. They have so many cool, like... Unique designs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, and they're all delicious. Their own unique Metallic Dice Games designs are pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you go to MetallicDiceGames.com and use our offer code DUNGEONPEDIA, you get 10% off your entire order. Yeah, so do that. It at least covers the shipping. It which definitely... Who doesn't love free shipping, really? No one. Yeah, the the silence was because nobody... Nope. Exactly. Nobody disagrees. Uh, we also have a Patreon if you would like to support us directly. It is Dungeonpedia. We have a $5 tier in addition to our $1 tier. And for our $5 tier, you can read our notes. Woo. However illuminating you think that might be. It is <laughs> certainly helpful to at least see the insight into our brains sometimes. And also, I have a full page bibliography. On Bahamut. <laughs> That's interesting to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I could be better at using my uh, making bibliographies, but I Ooh. didn't go to college, so. Yeah. I see I didn't I didn't ever want to do it when I was in school, but for some reason now I want to do it. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, also at Dungeonpedia. Uh, we post fun things there. I make a joke about it later in the episode, but I think we have a silly poll up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to put that poll up there. Uh, you can also email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com for uh, comments, episode suggestions. Just uh, want to chat. Just want to chat, you know. Check in. Hang out. Yeah. You can email us. All those fun things. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to get notifications for our new episodes now that we are back and should be posting regularly again. Back, yes. baby. Um, if whatever platform you listen allows it, please rate us, uh, leave a review. Those are so very helpful to get our content out there. But more importantly, as always, spread the word. Tell, tell your, your friends. friends. Go to tell your, your family. <laughs> tell your family. Hey, did you know that there's something that's actually more evil than a demon or a devil? <laughs> just go tell uh, your mom that. Yeah, just go tell your mom that. Yeah, <laughs> just, it'll be great. You, she probably doesn't know. If she does know, you've got a real cool mom, though. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Best mom ever. 10 out of 10. 
best musician ever is Alexander Nakarada, who made our theme song Blacksmith. Oh, it's been so long. It feels so good. Listen to that. Give that a good listen to. It's nice. Like I have been ever since we've been back. (laughs) Anyway, now that we've got all that lovely, fun stuff uh, sorted and taken care of, let's get back to Yugoloth. The boat ghost? No, I'm sorry. The boat ghost is over. No. We're we're skipping over boat ghost now. Oh, he's gone. All right. Getting away from the boat ghost. Yeah. What else do you have for us? So, we are now at the first of the greater Yugoloths. We have gone up a cast. The big boys. Uh, this is the Nykoloth, and it was a big, fat gargoyle. Nice. <laughs> yes, I love fat gargoyles. <laughs> nice. It, it's about eight feet tall, weighing 800 pounds, green and leathery with powerful bat wings. Oh, my. Uh, typically cruel and calculating, but they had a lot more resentment than the Marinoloths below them due to being the least of the greater Yugoloths. Um, I mean, dude, you're still part of the upper caste. Like, just fucking down. take it and deal with it. Mm, no, I mean, I kind of, I kind of get it because I, I feel like it, it is a little bit of a. You are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. Yeah, exactly. Like, <sighs> and, and you know, you maybe would would move. And, okay, this is this is a part of their promotion, right? So, like, a Marenoloth could become a yeah, a Nykoloth. Okay, got it. Yeah. For some reason, I keep. Forgetting that they're not two completely different species. Right. Quote unquote species. Um, so real quick, um, I want to expand on that. But um, first, the Nykoloths are surprisingly powerful and fast and could travel to any of the lower out- outer planes. They kind of served as an elite air force for the Yugoloths. Um, interestingly, for Nykoloths, they part of their complex with being the lo- lowest of the greater Yugoloths is because... The one above them, the Arcanoloths. Arcanoloths are um, are really interesting because they're not the lowest tier, but the greater Yugoloths, which reproduce asexually, always produce an Arcanoloth. So the only way you could be a Nykoloth is if you got promoted up. But oh. if you were born a greater Yugoloth, you always started as an Arcanoloth above a Nykoloth. Okay, I get it. Yes. Um, so the young Arcanoloths were much more revered, sort of, and like carefully educated as they grew up, and didn't have to claw their way to the top. Yeah, right, it's like okay. when it's it's like when you get passed up for a promotion because your boss's kid just graduated college. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so damn. Oh, um, Arcanoloths. I think you're really going to like them, though. I have already looked it up, and I already I like, like them. it. They are six-foot-tall humanoid jackals. Yes. Protruding from their canine heads are a pair of ivory horns. They kept themselves very well-kept and were masters of manipulation and charm. Dang. Uh, They were incredibly business-minded and kept to the truth when convenient. (laughs) They preferred to keep to the truth unless they wanted to manipulate you towards something. And even then, they might use the truth to manipulate you. You know what? I respect that. They were excellent in both diplomacy and manipulation, whatever the situation required. They were as greedy as the rest of the Yugoloths, but instead of wealth and power, they longed for knowledge and secrets. They were keepers of accounts, records, and contracts. Oh. Yeah. I like I, like I, I do actually yeah. like them. Like They're very intriguing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cute. Also, like, obligatory also, yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender reference. They remind me of Wan Chi Tong's little... 
yeah, little his, fox guys. His little foxy friends. <laughs> yes, his little uh, foxy assistants. Oh, oh man, I fucking love Washington though. Yeah. Washington could have been a Yugoloth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. So, next we are at the highest rank of Greater Yugoloth, the Ultraloth. Okay, they make sense, given. Yeah, they had an alien John the Martian oh, vibe. God. With bulbous heads without really any face. And their huge eyes, other than their huge eyes that look like fire opals. Oh my Dang. God. They really are just very like. Martian like, Manhunter. Yeah, green. very alien esque. Yeah. They had greener gray skin and were about six feet tall. I'm. Go they ahead, could sorry. convince onlookers to view them as someone that they loved or admired. Oh, or, shit. Um, what is it? Uh, hypnotizing gaze. Dang. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is just like fantasy edit Martian Manhunter. They're, <laughs> they're, like their official fifth edition art literally just looks like like the cape and everything. Yeah. Dang. Ultraloths were schemers, manipulators, and plotters, and they held no loyalty to anyone, least of all to each other. Oh, shit. Jesus. Okay. They were constantly engaging in intricate battles of wits. Dang. Uh, waging conspiracies and betraying everyone around them. Wow. Including their own patrons. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, hey, you know. Yeah, I mean. Do what you gotta, I guess. Uh, their enough. plots were designed only to further their own individual <clears throat> power and wealth. And while they would never consider themselves evil, they pursued perfection in all things. Okay, so this is when they're really full of themselves. This oh, time. yeah, they are so very full of themselves now. So, Ultraloths were dangerous spellcasters and possessed tons of innate and learned magical techniques. Nice. Only magical weapons were capable of killing them or even harming them. Um, like I said, they had that gaze that could really fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. Ultraloths were also tougher. Then they're then everyone beneath them, uh, resisting non-magical cold, electrical, and gases when other Yugoloths would be vulnerable to it. Mm-hmm. Ultraloths were the elite leaders in Yugoloth armies and as well as just society in general. And they roamed planes with their fiendish legions. Ooh. <laughs> their fiendish legions. So let's quickly talk about some outliers in Yugoloth society. Oh, I love outliers. So first is the Ultraloths. Not Ultraloth, Ultraloth. Common mistake. Yes. An Ultraloth was a Yugoloth of any type. It could come from any Yugoloth that had been transformed into a unique being with a ritual known only to night hags. Ultraloths were cha- changed very little mentally, but their physical form changed dramatically and they gained powers in excess of the rest of their kind. After they paid off their debt to the hags because they then owed the hags quite tremendously. Yeah. Uh, they often rose to become rulers of their kind. Okay, got it. Yeah. Huh, huh, okay. So, do you want to know how to make an Ultraloth? I would love to. Um, yes. To begin the ritual, a cauldron was filled with water from river sticks, and with soul larvae, a fire was built underneath that must be kept continually burning throughout the ceremony. Doable. Uh, the Yugoloth was sealed within the cauldron using wax derived from larva slime. The cauldron was magically warded, and hags chanted arcane words for a full day for each alteration made. Some of these chants were said to have taken a month or more to complete. They must willingly give a portion of their life force in order to empower the Ultraloth. 
After chanting and the giving of life, the water must be kept boiling for another 6 to 36 months. (gasps) Yeah. While the Yugoloth absorbed the magic. At the end of this time, the cauldron exploded violently, spraying caustic larva juice, amnesiac water from the river sticks, and razor-sharp shards of cauldron all around the area. Emerging from the the wreckage was an Ultraloth, a unique champion of the Night Hags and of the Yugoloth race. That's why there's no description of what they look like, because they're unique. They can... So the Night Hags will chant to change different parts of it. Yes. Like, oh, hey. form whatever the hell they want it to look like. Yeah, you're going to have a huge, you know, like two huge horns on your head, and it's going to be super cool. You're going to have wings, and you can fly. You're going to have a... Yes. Magnum, whatever. Yeah, like... So... (laughs) Many things could go wrong, and if anything went wrong in the creation process, the Yugoloth would die. Rip. Yeah. Uh, the resulting Atraloth was bound to the Night Hag creators for the duration of its contract. Mm-hmm. Um, if Dang. it attacked the, its mistresses, it suffered racking pain. If one of its mistresses died before the contract was complete, the Atraloth didn't get out of it. The Atraloth would also die, giving it a strong incentive to protect its creators. Oh, dang. Jesus. Man, I wonder how much, like... That process would cost because, like, there's a lot of labor involved because it was pretty doable up till the six months to 36 months thing. That'd be a little much, I think, for me. And plus, you lose your cauldron at the end of it. So, like, you know, you better. It's a very long upkeep. Yeah. But I mean, for like a super powerful protector being that owes you a lot of money. Yeah. I, I mean, well, see, I'm assume I'm I'm saying that like it's money. It might not even be money. It owes you something. Yeah. So so this is this is a process that a Yugoloth would go to yes. some night hags and be like, "Hey, I want you to make me super cool and strong," and they'd be like, "Okay, that'll be one million dollars and your firstborn." Let's it would mostly just be their unyielding service. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, and your servitude for ever. All right, now go hop in the boiling cauldron. <laughs> you know, like and only the most strong could really survive. Now, granted, the most strong at any rank, but yeah, gotcha. Just okay. like, oh, by the way, this is gonna hurt. So, the general of Gehenna was said to have been an Ultraloth. He would basically, if the Yugoloths could be said to have a god, it would be the general of Gehenna. He was an enigmatic being whose power was said to approach that of a demi-deity. He was able to kill gods. Um, Jesus. And he roamed between the layers of Gehenna. I mean, that's not even special. Gods die all the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. So they did somewhat worship him. Just It wasn't quite like... Yeah. Well, um, and maybe it was kind of like, like Bahamut, like I mentioned in the last episode. Like, even if... Some like a Yugoloth didn't strictly worship him, they probably still revered Revered, him. Yes, exactly. Um, Speaking of revering, next up is the Bernaloths. They are legendary (laughs) loths of the gray wastes, devoid of any emotions. They were said to have achieved perfection. Dang. Um, They were as blank and passionless as the gray wastes themselves that they so revered. Dang, were they bears? Um, they were not bears. No, Dang. because it turns out it's not actually spelled bear. No, it's like, B-A-E-R. Aww. Yeah. 
Dang. I was hoping they'd just be these sad bears. I'm sorry. That would be much cuter. They well, they're not look sad. very cocky, though. Well, they're not sad because they don't have emotions, but you know what I mean. Just the like. Baranoloths were oh like my these God. gaunt, gangly fiends that stood at like eight feet and had these long, wanky limbs. It's they're, like a goat. Their gray skin yeah. constantly dripped with pun. Pus. Puns? Puns. <laughs> constantly dripped with puns, y'all. Constantly dripped with pus and it was pulled really tight over their skeletons Ugh. to the point where they looked almost skeletal. Mm-hmm. Their oversized heads resembled the horned skulls of, like, cattle with glassy eyes that were, like, yellowed fluid. Oh, yeah. It looks like a horse skull, actually. Yeah. Like a, a horned a horned horse, but not in a cute Pegasus kind of way. Um, they intentionally isolated themselves from Yugoloth society and lived as hermits. Mood. Uh, they served somewhat as a sort of council for the Ultraloths, an inspiration for young Yugoloth. It is actually claimed that the Bernaloths created the Yugoloths and in turn the rest of fiendish kind. Hmm. Interesting. Part of what makes Bernaloths so mystifying is because they are completely detached from the world around them. They bring strife and anguish to others through horrible acts, devastating rumors regardless of truth, spoiling plans, agonizing torture, and just generally worsening the world around them. But they have no passion for it. They just do it. Dang. They spread misery as if they were machines. And... They have no interest in anything. In, in anything. I kind of commit their deeds without remorse or reluctance. Dang, I kind of love that actually, especially the idea of them being like a hermit. That's like a like kind of an a, kind of an example because I feel like it. It kind of um, it, it sort of reminds me of how some people like, even if they're not into the lifestyle themselves, they kind of admire the commitment and like asceticism i don't know if that's the right word of like monks right like it's like wow it's so it's so cool that you know they like feel that strongly like about their beliefs and the way they choose to live their lives that they do this that and whatever live away from people you know kind of kind of thing i think that it's kind of like that so finally we have two titles these are unique in that only well this one is one of them is unique in that only one of these exists at any given time. Oh, cool. I love titles. So this is the Oinoloth, and it's the official leader of the Yugoloths. Always Ultraloth, uh, they become changed by the title itself. The Oinoloth's head kind of looks like a foaming ram that's oh. been deformed by disease. Oh. Um, their skin has been hideously sloughed off the, their bodies, and the wool that covered it was rem- is like removed. Oh, that's nasty. Oh my god. Unveiling their skin shows body, er, shows bodies. Unveiling their skin on their body shows boils and blisters and their flesh just strung over their bones. Ugh, gross. The being that becomes the Oinoloth is defigured by the loss of their skin and has this incurable ailment for as long as they hold the title. Why? I mean. Why would you want that? I figure anyone would become deformed from losing their skin. It's fine. Yeah. Well, no, because, I mean, they've been losing their skin this entire time through this process. Exactly. They come out better, so, yeah. I mean, it's to achieve perfection, so. Uh, uh, perfection is boils? <laughs> perfection is boils. Uh, perfection is boils, apparently. Um, this just in. <laughs> 
Then there's the rogue Yugoloths. Ooh. There, there can be many of these. Um, among all fiends, there are rogues that ignore the teachings of their own race in favor of others or their own beliefs. Nice. Love it. Um, whether it's just becoming a new type of evil or even, God forbid, crossing the tide to good. Oh, shit. No, don't do that. So... For Yugoloths, betraying their kin it was not in and of itself going rogue, because betrayal is... Part of their society. Yes. What being rogue meant was embracing the tenets of anything else. Okay. <laughs> so, even if a Yugoloth disagreed with a majority opinion, they weren't considered rogue, although they could get tortured until proven that their dangerous ideas were either worthy of merit or the Yugoloth just recanted them. Great. Um, Yugoloths that did things like that were still welcomed back, and even mutinies were tolerated. Oh, shit. That's that's kind of funny. But a Yugoloth is considered a true race traitor when they truly try to leave their kind and abandon their constant chasing of perfection. And traitors were ruthlessly prosecuted and killed, so much so that a rogue Yugoloth might kill itself just to avoid being... Tortured that way. Dang. Jesus. Yeah, like there's like a Yugoloth like kid who's being super nice to everybody else in school, and his parents are like, "I'm worried about him. He's not backstabbing his friends like we did when we were kids." He's like, "By the way, I'm cheating. By the way, I'm cheating on you." Oh, good. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, (laughs) Yugoloths would actively hunt them down, even invading areas to kill one minor daemon. Dang, really? Yes. Some claim that this was because even lesser Yugoloths held deep, dark secrets about their race, but others said it's just because they're so vindictive. Oh, dang. That's interesting. Regardless, Mm -hmm. because of this, they will, a lot of rogues will simply kill themselves. Dang. (sighs) That's depressing. Hey, you know, if it's between that or, like, this horrible torture that I probably can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. Then, yeah, I mean... I mean, yeah. Again, remember, these are supposedly the most evil creature in all the Nine Realms. Which just makes that even... I don't know where I got Nine Realms from. What is that? The, The boxes. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Okay. The boxes. The boxes. You guys know the boxes. The boxes. I'm talking about the alignment chart. Yeah. Um, outer planes. Outer planes. Outer planes. Yeah, the boxes. Outer planes. Hey, listen, it's boxes. It's boxes all the way down. It's boxes all the way down, y'all. Anyways, that's it for Yugoloths. Dang. That, I have finished talking about the infernals. All of them? No. Are you sure there's not? (laughs) There's more, and I'm not talking about them, and you can't make me. In fact, even within the Yugoloths, there are so many fucking, like, creations that they made that aren't, like, a whole other Straight, yeah, just, like, straightforward. That, like, I I could probably talk about them for a whole episode, but, like... No, Taylor's done. Well, okay, no, I'm unfortunately not done, because you know what I have to fucking cover now? Because I've been leading up to it, basically. If you, if if it does get edited out somehow in post, Taylor's hitting the table with her with her fist with every word. Do you Emphasis. know what I have to do now? What the blood war? I mean, you don't have to. 
they didn't have to do the blood war. They did, but they didn't yeah, have to. Yeah, and now I'm fucked because now I have to cover their bullshit. Yeah, I mean, no, she has to do the blood war. I mean, at some point somebody has to, and it's not going to be me. So. so it's going to be me. I know it. It's fine. I will try and figure out how many episodes the blood war is going to be. And then I'm going to... Mm. Then I'm going to start to do it. My bets are on four. I'm going to build <laughs> something. <laughs> it's four episodes. You're... Anyway, that's all the information I have on Yugalots. And the and the blood war on Dungeonpedia lasted like two months. <laughs> it lasted for probably thousands and thousands of it, years. And it's going to be me versus Lewin and Travis pulling the strings. <laughs> Wait, why? I'm okay with this. Doesn't matter why. Are you I'm saying okay I'm the demon, you're the... Well... Oh? oh. Interesting. I was going to say, because the implication is that Travis is the neutral evil. Yeah. Apparently you're... The chaotic evil, and I'm the lawful evil. Yeah. I am offended okay. that you would refer... Lawful? Listen, someone has to be lawful evil here, and not, it's not going to be me. It's not, not going to be, be me. me. Okay, well, now Taylor and I have to fight about it. So That's the, that's that's the new not, blood war. That's the blood war, is us, is us <laughs> fighting about who has to be lawful. We don't even care. We're all content with being with being assigned evil, but not lawful. but not lawful. Hey, you know what? I'm all not right. going to be. You know what? If either of us is lawful, it's probably me. Any kind of hall monitor. Yeah, you know that's probably true. Good hall monitor, saying. bad hall monitor. No platinum hall monitor. Uh, I mean Bahamut could hang. He's a dragon. He can hang. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Wherever you so choose to get our updates. Vote on which one of us is the most lawful. Uh, actually, I would be very interested in that, please. Okay, actually, I might put up a poll Maybe. after this episode's been posted. Might, and pu- might, might put up a poll later. And you can and you can go vote on who of us is the most lawful. Hmm. Uh, spread the word to your friends. <laughs> Tell them about the infernals and the blood war both in D&D and apparently on Dungeonpedia now get Yay. them involved in the poll <laughs> all the votes if you have anything to suggest as a topic for us to cover feel free to email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com we do have a backlog that we're working through but mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to touch it because I have to do the blood war yeah just don't email uh, anything else to Taylor about any kind of subset of infernals or anything because apparently she's I'm, yeah good <laughs> Because apparently I'm she's not doing to, it. I'm going to kill all the devils and the demons, all the infernals. So, oh, anyway, thank you all once again for listening. We're going to go ahead and uh, end this episode before Taylor goes even more insane. And we will catch you here next week on Dungeonpedia. You know, if we did kill all of them, it, like I know balance and stuff, but it, it would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. But it would cause a lot more. Would it, though? I mean, yes, because the balance would be off. Yeah, like balance and stuff, but... Balance, smallance.